Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey there, are you ready to elevate your personal brand or company? Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for video content and audience building. Imagine growing your brand organically on social media without the hassle of editing videos for hours. With Viral Growth, it's a breeze. They handle the brainstorming, scripting, and editing while you simply just hit record. And don't worry about your niche. They cater to everyone, from business and marketing to health and wellness. Are you ready to make waves in the social media realm? Visit viralgrowth.io and use code ADWEEK, that's A-D-W-E-E-K, all lowercase, and get 10% off your plan. Sarah, I think we have a paid ad today. Paid by whom? By you and I. Oh, oh, yeah, that ad. Okay, so tell our audience some more. So, listeners, we're turning Brave Commerce into a live conference experience, October 13th and 14th. It's called Commerce Live. Profitero actually started it, and now Knickknack is hopping on the, the bandwagon. Pulling their own weight. Exactly. We're adding fuel to the fire. It's twice as good. Actually, it's one plus one equals 87. So Sarah, what's going to go down October 13th and 14th at Commerce Live? From 9.30 to 1.30 Eastern time on the 13th and 14th, we will be bringing fantastic guests. The theme is Omnichannel Debunks. So I think we're going to be touching on some super important topics. We've got fantastic speakers, not just me and Rachel. Actually, despite it being me and Rachel, we've got some great speakers. You can register now at GoCommerceLive.com. Is that one word? GoCommerceLive.com. Please register. grocery in particular, it has been behind. And I think we look towards Europe and see how they've progressed pretty significantly. And now the U.S., you know, whether it's been forced to adopt a consumer behavior of, hey, now I'm going to buy products online or now this is so easy, I'm just going to keep doing it. So I think it's it's been an evolution for us as an organization, the companies I've been with. And I don't think it's a one size fits all. It's based off of your organization and where your strategy resides and how to move that forward. Welcome to today's episode of Brave Commerce. I'm Rachel Tippograph, the founder and CEO of Micmac. I'm Sarah Hofstetter, president of Profitero. And this is a show that talks about what's relevant in e-commerce for the world's biggest brands. 
country like grocery, which historically has been so slow, it's really amazing to watch organizations like Sargento Foods move way faster to catch up to the consumer. Yeah, it's one of those industries. And obviously, we've had a lot of guests in grocery hearing their stories about how they have to move mountains to make even minor changes. It's very hard to fight uphill when there's this industrial complex of ways of working that goes back decades. It's true. And when you listen to Chris, who's coming onto the show today, it's really amazing how he's seemed to help create a culture where change is to be expected. If the retailers make a change, it's going to impact how you operate internally. If the platforms make a change, it's going to operate how you maneuver yourself internally. And I even took away lessons from that with my own employees on how to normalize constant change within the organization. My grandmother used to say, standing still is going backwards. And uh, I only appreciated it a lot more once I got to this job, because that's just the way it is. Grandma, a wise one. That she was. Well, on that note, let's bring Chris onto the show. Thanks so much for joining us, Chris. We're thrilled to have you. Yeah, thanks for having me, Rachel and Sarah. I'm thrilled to be here. It seems like you probably should have been our first guest ever because you represent the OG of e-commerce. Tell us a bit about how you caught the bug. So it probably starts with my dad, actually. So coming out of college, I helped him launch a direct-to-consumer e-commerce program, actually selling musical instruments, not cheese, (laughs) to non-traditional retailers, Hmm. Walmart and Amazon and Target and Kohl's. And really, our mission was to provide an opportunity to buy affordable instruments and put them in the hands of kids and families through no known retailers. And then I had the opportunity to start an e-commerce department at a large grocery retail co-op in Chicago. And then my family's in the, the Milwaukee and Wisconsin area. So I actually moved back to the Milwaukee area. You're a cheesehead is what you're saying. Yes, I'm a cheesehead. I've tried to, when I was in Chicago, like keep that quiet, but (laughs) they saw right through it. I think it's the Wisconsin accent they saw right through. We have to ask, what is your, well, actually I have two questions. Are you a musician? Because it feels like that's part of your roots. So the answer to that is yes, I am. (laughs) I, I started playing piano when I was really young you know, then I kind of picked up some different instruments along the way. So the funny thing is like music is a passion of mine and I like to listen to it. I like to play it. You know, I I think grocery in particular is like something that's always been in my blood. And like when I came back to Milwaukee, like I had that opportunity to launch a, a pickup and delivery program. And then um, it's just kind of funny. I think I've mentioned this to Sarah groceries just been in my blood. My dad was a, a food broker back in the day and, and my grandpa was, and my dad actually went on to run uh, marketing and sales for a retailer here in Wisconsin for about 25 years. So my childhood was really going to grocery stores, checking store sets, re-merchandising end caps. And, you know, we opened some stores and I might've been Mr. Peanut and, or and the Kool-Aid man and Snuggle Bear. And, you know, actually at one point I was in some, uh, TV and radio commercials too. But, you know, I was in more radio commercials. So that makes me think, you know, maybe uh, I had a face for radio, I guess. Well, glad we can bring it full circle with the podcast. In your current role at Sargento, the word omni-channels in your title, which means at some point you've made the shift from e-com to now owning the full path to purchase. Mm -hmm. We typically see the reverse in people's roles. So tell us about the shift and what's 
come as second nature and maybe what you've had to upskill yourself in terms of the omni-channel? I uh, appreciate the question. I, I think for me personally, like I've always had a, a knack for technology and like, obviously with grocery, it's been kind of second nature, but it's really the technology that in some cases, I think companies had been rolling out technology that they weren't sure what it was going to look like in the hands of a client. So like I've spent a lot of time with technology companies, testing, retesting, deploying, you know, with PIMs or web platforms. And what I saw at Sargento to some extent, but also with the grocery co-op is this was 10 years ago, right? And grocery was a very experimental area. You know, there was Peapod, there was Amazon, they were testing and independent retailers for me were like very skeptical. So, you know, like I would go in and try to sell them on the importance of setting up a tech stack and their website. And it was like, I mean, candidly, it was like I was Marty McFly, you know, coming in in my DeLorean talking about something that'd be way in the future. So it's been very interesting in my time with grocery e-commerce where it was a, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I don't really see that being a thing to it's very real. Right. And I think as an organization here at Sargento, we started putting in our strategy several years ago. And, and I think there have been obviously things that have changed due to a worldwide pandemic that have just changed the way consumers shop. And I remember sitting in a meeting, uh, and I might have shared this with Sarah, and someone saying to me, yeah, and it was a president of a well-known independent, right? And they're saying, yeah, Amazon um, and people buying groceries online, I, I just don't see it as a threat. And like, even at that moment, I was like, I'm going to laugh about this later. And I think it's a very interesting evolution of the what comes first, right? Is it, let's get the people, or let's get the technology, or let's get our content to to sell products online, or is it, there are a lot of things that you need to do and take a step-by-step progression. And I think, thankfully, I've had the opportunity to do that in multiple different companies, but it all depends on the company, Rachel. Like it depends on where you are in that evolution, but you got to start somewhere in order to be able to be a full-fledged retailer to sell or brand to sell online. And grocery in particular, it has been behind. And I think we look towards Europe and see how they've progressed pretty significantly. And now the U.S., you know, whether it's been forced to adopt a consumer behavior of, hey, now I'm going to buy products online, or now this is so easy, I'm just going to keep doing it. So I think it's it's been an evolution for us as an organization, the companies I've been with. And I don't think it's a one size fits all. It's based off of your organization and where your strategy resides and how to move that forward. I think that there's an extra layer of complexity when it comes to your company in particular, because you produce fresh food. So even while you were laughing at the Amazon comments of, I don't think people are going to buy you know, groceries on Amazon, then you know the pandemic hits, people shift to buying online, even if the product is fulfilled elsewhere. And so this idea of digitally enabled commerce or digitally influenced commerce that brings that role of yours in omnichannel to be so much more prominent. But at the same time, you've got to educate your employees, your cross-functional peers, and you've got to get buy-in with all of the customers that you're servicing. Any tips on how you educate, how you immerse, how you get people on the same page? It comes down to understanding the internal 
structure, understanding what people are familiar with, and also looking at, you know, what does the customer want and how they, how are they going to consume it? So I think there is a level of education internally so that it raises the importance of a specific function like omnichannel. And, you know, again, what we look at as omnichannel spans from shopper marketing to sales, to media, to digital, in everything in between and how we can best create some consistency, right? So whether it's a customer that is shopping in the store and physically buying a Sargento Balance Breaks or they're searching a snack kit on site, like that experience should be the same. And I think when we look at it is like, there is so much more of an opportunity to engage more with customers, whether it's like great images or recipes or marketing descriptions. And we look at it as another touch point for customers to engage, whether they're just learning about the product online and still want to go in store and buy it, or they want to buy it online. Once you kind of have that of like, what's everything that's going to touch a full-fledged e-commerce experience, well then and your sales team knows about it and your marketing team knows about it. And obviously your creative team's involved in it. Then it's also making sure that you're in lockstep with the retailer, right? Because like for us as a brand, we could have all the grandiose ideas on what we want to do with content and everything else. But if you don't have a tight partnership with your retailer, like regardless if you're selling cheese or you're selling crackers, like you need a connection with the other side that is ultimately, you know, facilitating the transaction. So I think it's a multi-pronged approach for us, especially as educating internally, getting buy-in at multiple different levels and understanding and building a strategy and sticking to it. But as you both know, like in the world of e-commerce, like things change. Like tomorrow, I might have to change our strategy because there was a new technology that was introduced. So, you know, it's adapting and changing and making sure that this growing area isn't lost in the shuffle. Because again, like when you look at the grand scheme of things, like in-store still dominates most sales organizations, right? But the online piece is growing. So you have to be an advocate, you know, and, and I think now, there's been a lot of light shed onto e-commerce and the importance of it. And it's important, like as an internal advocate or spokesperson and person that works in e-commerce every day, that you're an advocate and you're explaining our opportun- your opportunities and continuing to um, you know, stay the course, but also keep your eye out for things that can help build upon that journey. In regards to change, one of the changes that Sarah and I continue to witness is where e-commerce sits within an organization. Sometimes it's sales. Sometimes it's marketing. Sometimes sales and marketing collapses into one team. Sometimes it's a center of excellence. Given all of your diverse set of experiences, what's your take on where e-commerce should sit within a CPG organization? I hate to say this yet again, but it somewhat depends on the organization and how to best collaborate with the surrounding departments. You know, the challenge is it's new, it's evolving, And it may require a dedicated team to support multiple functions. And then, you know, it might be because sales and marketing are very unfamiliar with this space. So, you know, I've seen COEs, I've seen dedicated cross-functional teams, and I've seen e-commerce folks embedded within the teams. And it really depends on who's on the team and what the company looks like. But I think you might start somewhere and you might say, hey, we have a COE and we're going to educate the teams. It's going to be cross-functional. And then 
because, you know, everyone's kind of getting acclimated, you might start embedding people onto those teams. But then you might look at it and say, this isn't quite right. We're going to roll it back up. So I think it's more about what does your organization look like and then remain flexible and be okay operating with the, it's kind of gray. We're all in it right now together. And as things change, we might have to change back or forward or, you know, modify a certain approach. So I think it's just a product of where CPG is today and what best approach works for an organization and and the folks that are within that organization, whether they're people from outside that have come in that are e-commerce experts or it's internal teams that have developed this e-commerce skill set. So again, Rachel, just to (laughs) shoot it straight, I think it's about flexibility and being okay with changing things based off of what the retailers or the consumers may be telling you and how to best serve putting a a solid product on the shelf. Well, I feel like we could dive into change management as the next topic, but that's a whole other episode (laughs) we could do with you in the future. We've reached the final question, and I'm curious if music or cheese will be involved, but what is the bravest thing that you've ever done? That's a really good question. I mean, I think it's making the jump from working, I had mentioned, at a, at a music company and jumping into a rather large organization out of state and you know, moving from a fast-growing e-commerce direct-to-consumer business to back to a passion of grocery you know, and, and starting my own team and working to launch e-commerce solutions and pursuing a career in an industry or a field that's of high interest to me. From a personal standpoint, when I hear brave, you know, I immediately think of my daughter. My daughter was born early. She spent 88 days here in the NICU in Wisconsin, and now she's five, doing amazing things, and she's starting 5K tomorrow. Aww. So whenever I hear a brave person, Margot, my daughter's always on my mind, and that is something that is rooted in every single day. You know, her little face, I'm thinking about. So yeah, that's a twofold answer, both personally and professionally. We should call this episode Go Margot Go. Exactly. Uh, that'd be good. She'd love that. She loves cheese, too. I think one of her first words was Sargento. So. Oh, my God. That's amazing. Yeah, Dad was proud on that. If that's one of her first words, Margot's going places. It's good branding, right? You know, and my son, Henry, he's two now. And, you know, I think it's balance breaks. I think that's that's his thing. Now. So, you know, I, I think cheese runs deep in, in my family for sure. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Chris. Yeah, absolutely. We are excited to see Sargento continue to grow as well as Margot and Henry. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Please leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Spotify and Google Podcasts. And don't forget to share this link with a friend. Hey there, podcast fam. Are you ready to break free from the social media rut? Hold on to your hatch because we've got just a thing for you. Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for leveling up your online presence. Whether you're a personal brand or a company, they've got the tools and know-how to take you to the next level. With Viral Growth, forget about those endless hours of video editing. They handle everything from brainstorming to polishing your content, so you can just focus on being awesome. And guess what? We're hooking you up with a sweet deal. Use code ADWEEK for 10% off when you sign up. Ready to take your social media game to the next level? 
Head on over to viralgrowth.io and let's turn those digital dreams into a reality. Hi, I'm Jackie Cooper, Global Chief Brand Officer at Edelman and the host of Touch of True, a new podcast launching on the Adweek Podcast Network. My dad gave me this incredibly smart piece of advice. Meet everyone once. As a result, I've met some of the most fascinating and inspiring people on the planet. Now on Touch of Truth, we're coming centre stage and sharing the mic to experience stories of truth, insights and visions for the future that will challenge your way of thinking. Touch of Truth is available wherever you listen to podcasts. New episodes come out every Tuesday. I do hope to see you there.